CR101radio.com, podcasts, and more. another episode of Preschool Pioneers. I am your host, Jeremy Walker. You can follow us on our parent network, CR101 Radio, on social media such as Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, Gab, YouTube, and Liberty News Radio. And you can subscribe to this podcast on your preferred platform so that you never miss an episode. Visit cr101radio.com forward slash preschool pioneers. For these links. So let's go ahead and get ourselves started. Brand new episode here entitled S is for Schooling. Why thinking that schools prepare children for the future is both wrong and ridiculous. Welcome back to Preschool Pioneers. As I mentioned, I am Jeremy Walker, I am an ordained minister. I have a lovely wife and am married over 20-plus years here now. I have 11 children, one grandchild, and have been involved in early Christian childhood education now for also over 20-plus years. So, this podcast is talking about helping people understand why Christians should become teachers, and also how to point them in the right direction to get equipped And most importantly, to get involved with their families and their community. So let's go ahead and start answering the question, why Christians should become teachers. Well, Christians should become teachers because schooling is much, much more than reading, writing, and arithmetic. Those people that think that the school systems we have today are about preparing children for the future are very, very wrong. They also think that they are about reading, writing, and arithmetic. They're also very wrong. And what is the ridiculous part is that they can see that that's not the case, and yet they still don't seem to understand. And this is one reason why Christians need to become teachers. Well, we can't talk about schooling, especially here in America, without talking about compulsory education. There's a big difference between educating someone and compulsory education here in America today. If you try to opt out uh, children today, they have a thing which is called truancy. And truancy is an intentional, unjustified, unauthorized, or illegal absence from compulsory education. It's a deliberate absence by a student's own free will, or from maybe the parent, that does not have a legitimate excuse for the absence, such as medical conditions or otherwise. So compulsory education is a thing that people don't even stop to think about anymore. They just go, well, of course, it's required. Your five-year-old must be in school or you're going to go to jail. Oh, well, that's perfectly reasonable and makes perfect, 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 perfect sense, of course. See, we have already been conditioned here in America today for generations to think that compulsory education and the school systems that we have built here is something that should actually exist. 
when you stop and think about it, that's not the way it is at all. I mean, what and why is there a compulsory component to education on the civil level? What right does any government have to say you must attend our schools? It wasn't that long ago where in America even homeschooling and alternate education was almost completely outlawed fully, and one must attend a public or better understood government educational facility. Now these are better understood as camps, indoctrination camps. Now the reason why people don't like that word indoctrination, it automatically in their minds makes it sound like there's something negative going on. Well, that's not always the truth, because indoctrination just means you're going to indoctrinate. Doctrine is teaching, and to indoctrinate means you're going to teach something. And so the idea that uh, you also would call it a camp and not a school, well, there's a very good reason for that. Back in American history, when, of course, we didn't have compulsory education, you had the little concept of the little schoolhouse, you know, the little schoolhouse that... uh, The local people would hire an educator, a teacher. They'd build a little schoolhouse, and then they would send all the children from the local town to the school. And there would be a mixed classroom, of course. You didn't have grade levels. You didn't have the systems we now think of when we think of schooling. The children then would learn reading, writing, and arithmetic. And you can guess it. It did not take all day. That is the concept of schooling. Schooling is a concept which is very simple where you teach an idea. You teach a concept. You teach a skill. And that's it. You don't sit in a classroom all day for eight hours learning. And that's not what happens today in our schools. If the government school educational programs we have, the indoctrination camps that we have today, if they were actually concerned with education, with teaching, reading, writing, arithmetic, then they would be successful at it because anything that you do for eight hours a day for 13 years of someone's life, especially young children from the ages of at least five all the way through 18, you're going to succeed at transmitting whatever it is you're trying to transmit. With any type of skill, any type of educational concept, you're going to succeed. You literally cannot fail. In the Bible, there is one of these verses I'd like to point out that kind of tells us a little bit about schooling and should open up your eyes a little bit to why we have the systems that we have today and, of course, why Christians need to get involved. Parents need to be informed about what's going on. See, in Luke 6.40, it says this, quote, The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. Now that, of course, is the King James Version. Now I like lots of different versions of the Bible, translations. There's lots of them out there. And I like to look at all of them because they give you a different perspective. Though I have to admit, the King James Version is my go-to. But another version or translation of Luke 6.40 comes from the Amplified Bible. It says, quote, A student is not superior... To his teacher, but everyone, after he has been completely trained, shall be like his teacher. 
Now, this is a very good understanding to understand schooling and to understand education, and especially the modern-day American indoctrination camps. It's very important to understand these things. Now, in schools today, they go at least six, seven, eight hours a day, depending on what happens. There's so many days a year that they have to be in school. They get a little break, and then you have to go right back. And we've all been kind of conditioned to where we just follow these cycles, and when you have a child, you start thinking about what to do with them, and then you have to think about what to do because by age five, now they have to go to kindergarten, and you're going to have your first day of school, and then they're going to first grade and second grade and third grade, middle school and high school, and you don't really think about it. You don't think about who the teachers are. You don't think about what they're teaching to the children. It's just what you're supposed to do, right? It's just what you're supposed to do. It's just the next cycle in a child's life, kind of like their physical growth. This is just their educational career. Well, the problem is education has a goal, and it's to take the people that are the educators, the teachers, the indoctrinators, and supposed to turn out students like themselves. That can be in a variety of ways. That could be a person that knows how to write really well. You're trying to create a child where they could write as well. Language, if it's math, you have a teacher who can do math, and by the end of their teaching or their educational aspects, they should be able to be able to do math to that level as well, you know, to be successful. And it goes with everything else. But one thing is clear is that that's not the goal in our modern-day indoctrination camps that we call government schools. That's not the goal. Because how do we know that's not the goal? You see the product. I just said it a minute ago. If you spend 13-plus years, we're not talking preschool, and I know that I focus on early childhood education, which is actually uh, kindergarten or below for the most part. But we're talking kindergarten and up. That's where most of their focus is at and has been for the last 100 years or so. But if their goals were actually to teach, they would be teaching. They're not. That's not their goals. They have social and political goals, really religious goals. They want to create a student and child thoroughly educated and versed in the religion of humanism. That's their goal. And there's lots of different versions of it, lots of different flavors, just like ice cream. But it's all humanism the same. Slowly and slowly, at some point in the, the history of America, it was somewhat seemingly favorable to Christianity. Somewhat seemingly. They had prayer in schools, and they did teach Bible verses from time to time. They started with prayers. But what happened is slowly that got pushed out very quickly. And because they had a little bit of the veneer of Christianity in the schools, nobody really paid attention about what was going on. But it's becoming much more pronounced. Now it's openly anti-Christian, completely and deliberately. The education itself does not focus on reading, writing, and arithmetic, but focuses on building good religious humanists dedicated to the cause of humanism and the religion of it, and specifically creating, right now, openly, activists for it. 
And they want to, of course, change the world. That's right. They want to change the world. They are not interested in just teaching somebody their religious viewpoints so they can kind of hold it in their hearts and they can you know, have this firm belief in the goodness of mankind and the future of mankind. That's not, that's not good enough for them. They want to reshape and mold the world according to as they see it should be. They're not concerned with arguing with people. I remember a long time ago listening to some people that were religious humanists in the political world, and they said, when people disagree with me, I ignore them. When people have problems with what I'm saying and bring up arguments against me, I don't respond to them. Because his goal, uh, the religious humanist that I was listening to at the time, his goal was simple. His goal was to preach to the choir, as they say, to go find more acolytes that he could bring to his side, eventually get the numbers, and then take over. That was the goal. And the activist part, of course, was to cause turmoil and problems and to disrupt the current systems that were in place. And that's a lot of what you're seeing right now in America today. And the reason why Christians need to get involved in particular is because these religious humanists are much more dedicated to their cause, to their religion, and their beliefs than, sadly, Christians are, or in my mind, uh, ever have been, at least in my lifetime, that I know of. There might be a few patches of people here and there, but as a large scope, Christians have kind of gone and hid in their holes, waiting for the rapture, waiting for Jesus to return and come gather them out of this world, because after all, the world belongs to Satan. Well, that's not true. The world belongs to God and his son, Jesus Christ, and always has. He said before he had left the disciples, All power in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to teach all nations. See, the primary goal of Christianity is education and reformation of the world, of all peoples. Our goal is to preach liberty and freedom to all men, to all corners of the globe. See, that's not what our religious humanist friends want to do. What they want is to preach power. What they want to preach is domination, not dominion. The two things cannot be confused. To dominate somebody is to beat them down with power. As one political man said one time, power comes out of the barrel of a gun. And that's the way to take power, and it's the way to take authority, and it's the way to be in charge and take control. Violence. However, Christianity is about dominion, not about domination. And dominion is completely different. It says this, because Jesus Christ is on the throne and has authority, our jobs are to teach and to preach and to live our lives in peace with all mankind, at least as much as we can and as much as they would allow us to do that. Our jobs are not to be revolutionaries. Our jobs are not to destroy our fellow man, but to help them. That is the message that Christians are supposed to give to all the world. Freedom in Jesus Christ, freedom from sin, freedom from destruction, 
the cycle of sin and death has been broken, and all of God's people are being called to him. Now, a lot of people are not going to listen to that call because they are his enemies. And so we have to understand, when you do go out, the gospel message does go out to all men from all corners of the world. It doesn't matter where they come from, what country they're from, what language they speak, their ethnicity. The kingdom of God encompasses all of mankind. See, Christians don't try to divide people based on silly things like your continent that you grew up on, your language, or what the color of your skin is. However, that is exactly specifically what is happening today in particular, and they are unashamed about it as well. If you look at what's going on right now over the last five years, which I would say is the most disturbing thing I've seen in a very long time, is open and blatant racism that is not even apologized for, not even a little bit apologized for. I recently came across an article about a young woman who is a transgender activist uh, and all kinds of other activists of sorts, political, uh, you name it. She is just um, a radical activist that is wanting to mainly focus, however, on kindergarten. Uh, She's developed something on her own, or at least with a group of people, called Woke Kindergarten. Now, what's the problem with the concept of woke kindergarten? And this is happening in California. What they did is gave her a contract, at least for one year, for like $20,000 of sorts for this concept of woke kindergarten. This is going to be in one of the government schools there in California. This is something that tax dollars are going to pay for there in California. And one of the things that they do, one of the things that they're uh, going to be teaching these kindergartens are woke words of the day, like abolish, to get rid of something forever, to protest, which means that you to show that you disagree with something by speaking up and taking action, and, of course, my favorite, anti-racist, to hold beliefs and actively make choices that celebrate, affirm, protect and defend the lives and livelihoods of black, indigenous, and all people of color. Now, let me stop you there for a second. There has been a big, giant movement where people are against certain skin colors. Skin colors. Now, in this case, I have no problems stating what it is. They are against white people. They even say it. And they say, well, hold on a minute. If you're against white people, isn't that racism? And the new thing has come out. They said, well, no, because only white people can be racist. People say, well, hold on a second. How is it that only the skin color, which you're calling white, how is it that only they can be racist? They said, well, because they are the dominant people. They have the most power in America in their viewpoints. And because of that, Therefore, the only people who can actually be racist are people who are, you know, attributed as being white. It doesn't matter if they have uh, two white parents or only one white parent, a white mom or a white dad or a parent from another ethnicity as well. But somehow, because your skin color is of the shade which they call white, now you're automatically racist. But in their viewpoint, the woke words of the day, what they're going to teach children there in California, 
is to be anti-racist. And that means they're going to teach children to hold beliefs, means religious indoctrination, that actively helps them make choices, which are celebrate, affirm, and protect and defend the lives and livelihoods of black, indigenous, and all people of color, which means not those white people over there. Now, see, this is the problem that Christianity corrects. Humanism can do nothing but divide. And this idea of racism and wokeness and all the rest is not just a single problem. It is literally just the symptom of the disease. And, of course, the disease is humanism. The idea that you're only going to point out specific people that you want to uh, affirm, protect the livelihoods and life of, based on what you consider to be their skin color, is deplorable. I do not care which skin color you're trying to go after, but if you try to single out any single type of person based on their nationality, based on their language, based on their heritage, or based on their skin color, and not based on their character, not based on what that person has actually done, and you're actually going to be actively against people that you don't, for some reason, like because you put them off into the corner. That is deplorable. It's something that Christians should absolutely be against, completely condemn on every single level. This is the most disturbing thing I have seen of late, and they do it unashamed, unashamed. But Christians, our jobs are to get involved, to stamp out things like this, the people that are literally preaching hate openly and calling it good. That's the main problem. They're calling it good, and it does not matter. Christians do not care. The Bible does not point us into a perspective that says, well, we are going to preach and teach liberty and freedom and protect the lives and livelihoods of some peoples. No, we do it to all people, and only Christians can do that. Only they can preach a true love of our fellow man in God through Jesus Christ. If you stick with humanism, if you stick your child into indoctrination camps that are going to teach your children this kind of humanism, I don't care what flavor of humanism it is, they are preaching death and destruction, division, everything that is against God and his word. And this is why Christians need to become teachers. You might be silent. You might be content and sitting there and doing nothing, just complaining about the latest news article that you found that you didn't like. But guess what? Your enemies, the humanists out there, are not sitting quietly. They are not going to go away. They are happy with you doing nothing because they are going to propagate their truth. What about you? Why aren't you doing your job? Well, this is Preschool Pioneers. I am Jeremy Walker, and I hope I have helped somebody, if you're listening to this, understand why it is so imperative that Christians become teachers and we get involved. For more episodes, you can visit our website at cr101radio.com forward slash preschool pioneers for more. But get out there and get involved. Take care of your family. Help your community. This is Jeremy Walker. God bless.